are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Friday, July 22nd. Uh, big show today. We got a lot a lot of opinions. Um, stuff has come out all through the week. The Madden ratings have been, you know, on people's minds. So Tim's going to have a rant to start off with that. Uh, it, well, well, we'll get to that in a second. And then, I, you know, obviously after that we'll have our normal hits and misses. Yeah. Um, second segment, we'll have our, our NFC North next installment of the divisional predictions, which is one of our favorite times of year. And then closing out the second segment with the NFC North superlative. So MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Breakout Player of the Year, and Coach of the Division. Um, it'll be really good to get through that division. It, that's one where there's a big draw, right? Because you have a big market like the Packers. You have... Well, not even big market, but big fan base. Yes. Right? Historical fan base. Um then you have two teams that are kind of bad, but one might be kind of decent in Detroit, but Chicago, like, well, we have a big, big market, yeah. but could be really bad, and who knows with Minnesota, young head coach, and oh. you assume they'll be better because it's an offensive coach, but who really knows because it's a rookie head coach. It, it, a lot of question marks, but I will say that we have a lot of, well, we have a big prediction for the show. Um it coming in the second segment with right. the NFC North predictions. And then, obviously, we're going to close out the show. It is the last installment of the top 25 quarterbacks of the last 50 years. We've been doing this ongoing list. This is week five and the final week. Uh, we are going to be unveiling numbers five through one. Is it really week five already? Yeah. So we are in the fifth week of that. Closing that out today, it's going to be a really good show. But yeah, Five through one. Like I said, Madden ratings came out uh, this last week. Not, yeah. like, telling. It's, it's not that big of a deal, right? It's a no. video game at the end of the day. Right. But the people that are making these ratings... Are they are, asleep? Are, are they watching the NFL? Are they watching football? Because TJ Watt being under Miles Garrett is big. Number two, Minka Fitzpatrick isn't even on the top ten safeties. Which is ridiculous. And and look, I, I'm a big Tyron Matthew fan as much as anybody but is he? Are we actually saying that he's the best safety in the league? The Chiefs have one of the worst defenses in football and have for the last three years. Exactly, and he's been there for all of it. Like I did, there is no evidence that he is one of the best safeties in football. Not or well, I guess not the best safety. He's one of the best, mm -hmm. top five, sure, sure, the best. Not even close. No. Not even close. No. Um. So yeah, I know you came in with a lot to oh, say on, on, on T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. We even touched on it a little bit last. Um. Last week, for, for a second, you talked about it and said maybe you'd bring it back up. And that comes out. I saw it hit the news, and I was like, well, I mean, Tim's coming in today with a fiery rant, so this should be pretty good. Yeah, I, I feel like I might as well just, like, recycle this rant every year. Like, I, I think I, I think I say this. It's probably the – what? So this would this would this be the second or third set of Madden, Madden ratings we've seen as a show? The third. Yeah, okay. So the, then this is the third time I've had this exa <laughs> exact same discussion. Every year around this time, Madden begins to start releasing everyone's rankings, right? They usually go with, uh, you know, one 99 club member and then a couple position groups. Then another 99 club member and yeah. a couple position groups, right? They usually save, like, quarterbacks and, like, you know, the marquee names like 
Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady. They, they usually say those for, for last, like right, right up until the season starts. Right, the quarterbacks and like the really, really high end names. Right, I think they released the running backs, the edge rushers, right by now. Um, and so far, the ninety nine club has been partially re- partially released. I think um, Devontae Adams got it, and uh, you know our boy Miles Garrett got it. Um, so he's a ninety nine overall. I, I tend to disagree with that in itself, but whatever. So theoretically, let's just say Miles Garrett's a ninety nine. I mean, he is big, he's strong, he's fast, and he turns the corner, he defends the run pretty well. I'm not saying he's a bad player. That's not the argument at all. I think he's a top three edge rusher in the league. Absolutely. But if Miles Garrett's a 99, TJ Watt is probably what a 110. I mean, you can't Easily. go you can't go above a 99. But 105, 110. He better at bare minimum be the same as Miles Garrett, which would land him again in the 99 club, being a 99 overall, the highest rating you can get as a player in Madden. Well, TJ Watt's a 96, <laughs> and the first thing that popped in my head is, wow, what a time for another installment of the blind resume game. <laughs> Where I will give you two stat lines. We'll go careers. They both came into the league 2017. Garrett was the number one overall pick. Later in the first round, Steelers ended up taking T.J. Watt. We'll go careers. Player number one. 58 and a half sacks. 59 tackles for loss. 116 quarterback hits. 11 forced fumbles. 7 fumble recoveries. And 9 passes you know, deflected. Player number two. 72 sacks, 80 tackles for loss, 150 quarterback hits, 22 forced fumbles, 7 fumble recoveries, and 32 passes defensed. In case you haven't caught on to the point of the blind resume game, you know, the the number two is T.J. Watt. <laughs> right? In case you haven't caught on to the point of what this game is, it's T.J. Watt. Oh, 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 oh so, so, you know, I, I can hear the... People chiming in, right? I can hear them commenting. Dang, there's a comment. Dang, there's another comment. <laughs> it's just for this past year, stupid. Okay, stupid. I don't know. How about the fact that TJ Watt was Defensive Player of the Year? Let's just let's look at the stats from the, just this past year. Well, TJ Watt had 22 and a half sacks, tied the NFL record. Okay, 21 tackles for loss. Right. Um, 39 quarterback hits. Five forced fumbles. Five fumble recoveries. Seven passes defensed. Let's look at our boy Miles, who's been really busy playing basketball lately. Looks like he's committed to the craft. Um, okay, how about 16 sacks? Well, that's only about, I don't know, six and a half worse. How about 17 tackles for loss? That's four less. 33 quarterback hits? That's six less. How about one forced fumble? That's four less. One fumble recovery? That's two less. And three passes defense? That's four less. Didn't beat him in a single category. That's That's, that's funny, huh? Interesting. So, yeah, so somehow Garrett's ranked at 99, T.J. Watt is ranked at 96. There are zero stat categories that Miles Garrett's been better in, whether it's career or whether it's just this past season, if people want to say it's based on this past season. Zero stat category. In fact, Miles Garrett has exactly zero seasons he's been better than T.J. Watt. None, none. Not a single one. He only has one season where he has more sacks, and it's by a half a sack. He's got 13 and a half, and I think it's 2018 or 2019. And T.J. Watt has 13 sacks. Well, Miles Garrett has 13 and a half. Right? So, I, I will also go to say this, that he's only beat T.J. Watt out of five years, right? So, let's go. These six major stack headers. We got sacks, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, and passes defense. That's six stack categories, five years. That's 
a, a total of 30 categories, right, over the over the span of the years. In all 30 of those, Miles Garrett has only beat TJ Watt out in three of 30 categories. Five years, six categories a year, that's 30 total. He's beat him in three. Three. It's, I mean, it's, it's an utterly ridiculous discussion that it's not even fathomable anymore. No. I, I, I can't even have a conversation with somebody who actually wants to say that Miles Garrett's better. I, would, I, I want to talk to the developers. I want to talk to Cleveland fans. I, I want to talk to anybody who thinks that this is actually correct. I just don't get it. And I have a feeling it's going to be almost like a, like a Brady-Manning thing where it's like, you know, for a while it's like, eh, like kind of a toss-up. And then by the end you're like, oh, my God. Like Tom Brady is like so significantly better. Like, there's not even an argument for Peyton Manning anymore. No. Two Super Bowls to what? Like, seven for Brady? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Brady then goes to another team in the first year, wins it. Peyton, I think it took him two or three. Actually got waxed in the Super Bowl his first year with the Broncos. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be something like that. When in reality, it already is not even a contest. You can't tell me that through five years, six stat categories a year, that, that Miles Garrett has only beaten him out in three individual stat categories. Three out of 30. Out of 30. And one of them was by a half sack. I think the other one was by like one tackle for loss. And the other one was by like one or two forced fumbles. That's it. That's it. The past three years, T.J. Watt's blown him out of the water. The past year, he's blown him out of the water. His entire career, it's not even close. He's got him by what, 14 and a half or 13 and a half sacks. I'm looking right here. He's got him by what, 21 tackles for loss. By about 40 quarterback hits, he doubles his forced fumbles. He almost doubles his uh, fumble recoveries. He triples almost, no, oh, I'm sorry, by f- almost by four, his pass is defensed. Like, I, there, there's not even an argument anymore. I won't stand for it. I, I really just won't. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. It doesn't make any sense, and it's so visibly apparent just by the on the Watch field the play. Watch the game. It, it's so apparent just by the on the field play that I almost can't believe that we're still having this discussion. Um, we have seen TJ Watt completely turn games around single-handedly. We were there when he made two back-to-back sacks against Cleveland that basically shut down any rebuttal that they had for that game. By the way, Miles Garrett was also in that game and made, oh, I don't know, zero, zero impact. No impact. With a statue of a quarterback, Big Ben. No um, impact. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, you know who I would say was probably the strongest force in the Steelers beating the Bills last year in Week One. Uh, TJ Watt. Watt. He recorded about what, like five and a half sacks in Week One, or when they the beat Bills? Seattle last year. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. And I think this will end up being a hit eventually in maybe ten years that it's so much so obvious. But yeah. uh, without further ado, let's just get into hits and misses. Okay, yeah, let's go with hits and misses. Uh, for the new viewers, this is where you know we go over where we were right, where we were wrong as a show, kind of reflect uh, and, and take a step back and look at some of our previous takes. So without further ado, let's go hits and misses. It's kind of humbling, you know what I mean? Yeah, got to keep ourselves in check. Right. Then, get... If we just boast the whole time, then what? Nobody likes that. No, nobody likes that. And also, it doesn't help us get better as a show if we can't admit where we were wrong in the past. So, let's go. Right. Okay, so real quick, though, before we start, quick boast. It is tougher to find misses, by the way. It is. I just want to say that now. Okay, anyway. 
Uh, hit number one. Uh, so Juan Soto was my personal pick for the Home Run Derby champion. I threw a little scratch on it, won a little money. You know, I'm not sure if I actually set it on here, but I did win a little scratch. You you know, now that betting, you know, now that I'm legal to bet, because, you know, PA is one of the only couple states where you have to be 21 to bet as opposed to 18, which is normally the case. Ridiculous. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Fine by it. It was like five to win 20, maybe something like that. I don't know. Um, he's also my pick for NL MVP. I did say that on this show. And he's making a really damn good push for it. I mean, just slugging the baseball, a good, well-rounded hitter. He'll go the other way. He's line to line. Um, he's one of the one of the got one of the better arms in the outfield. Not quite as agile as I would like. I think ideally, if he ends up getting because he's exploring trade options, um, gets traded to an AL contender, he'll probably slot in more as a DH. Yeah. Or like maybe a right fielder somewhere with a shorter porch, like a Fenway, Yankee Stadium, things like that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, he's hands down the young, the, the best young player in the league, I think, especially like if you're looking like under 23, like really young. Um, so you get one guy to start a franchise with in the entire league. I'm probably either taking him or Otani. Um, he's in a very short class of guys that I would take to start a franchise. Like him, Otani, maybe maybe like an Acuna. Like it's it's a short list. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're looking at guys – that are that young, right? They don't have as much experience in the league, but they have so much promise and they have such a high ceiling. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think Soto's anywhere close to his ceiling. I don't no. think Otani's anywhere close to his ceiling. Yeah. Those type of guys are different in the MLB. And like you said, it's probably a list of, I'd say, three, maybe four or five guys that you could go through and actually pick out like the star that you would want to build a franchise around. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's go with miss number one. So we ranked some top uh, head coaching vacancies. This was a while ago. This oh. was NFL head coaching vacancies. What was that? Six months kind of ago like now? Right after the season, February-ish region around there. Right. Uh, so we it was between Houston, New Orleans, Miami, Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Vegas. And we ranked it Miami 1, Vegas 2, Minnesota 3, Jacksonville 4, Houston 5, and New Orleans 6. Well, that's quite ridiculous. I think currently I'd take Vegas and Minnesota over Miami. Um, and I think Houston is, should be last and pretty much always last uh, on most lists. Yeah. Um, there's a reason, like, they settled for Lovey Smith because it was a bad job. It's not a good job. Right. Um, especially then you, you hear about the whole Deshaun Watson thing. They supplied him with NDAs and with rooms and exactly. and all that. Didn't say anything, even though there was not, you know, maybe on their side, their side they didn't have information that they thought made it illegal, but certainly sketchy, right? Very. Yeah. Enough to where you should probably say something or at least raise a couple flags, Before right? Before you sign a $230 million deal. Yeah. Right. I, I would right. agree. Um the thing that I just want to point the attention to, though, is we had the Saints at the bottom. The reasoning for that was because of how far over the cap they were. I mean, the Saints right. are in cap hell for the next, what, two, three seasons? This year, next year, and probably the year after. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for them. So that's why they were in the basement. But if we could redo it, I would have them at five, and I would put the, the Texans down at six. Down at six. I'd probably go Vegas one. Having a Vegas true one. bona fide top ten quarterback – now you have two good receivers, a really, really good tight end, a good back. Yeah. Your defense is improving, right? I mean, that'd probably be one. I'd probably go Minnesota two. two and then Miami three. And then Miami three. Or no, no, no. I would go – yeah, yeah. Miami, Miami three, three. And then Jacksonville still four, four, right? And then the Good quarterback, but still kind of dysfunctional. Yeah, right. I agree with that. All right, hit number two. Um, every time someone has – you know, every time that they have to aggressively sell you on something, it's usually not great. There's a reason you see – you know, 50 Flex Seal commercials, but there's no Flex Seal stock at the top of the stock market right yeah, now, and that's for NASDAQ, a reason. Nothing. Right? Because it's not an actual great product. Like, it's fine. It's good. 
It's a functional great. product, but it's not. It's not great. It's set itself and I, apart. I, every time Tyreek Hill gets on a mic, I swear to God, he's selling me Tua. Every single time he touches a microphone, no, no, no. Tua is this. He's that. He's better than Mahomes. I'm like, that is just so not correct. If you're, that's gonna, so not correct. It, Talent yeah. doesn't need explanation. It doesn't. Right. And if you're gonna use it every single time, right? If you come out one or two times during camp and go, you know what? Tua looked really great today. Can't wait for the season. But if you're coming out every single time you have a meeting with the press and you're just talking about Tua, it's like, okay, what are you hiding? Well, what are we not seeing here? And we know what we're not seeing. We're not seeing a high-level quarterback play, and that's going to show through this season when he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. It's going to be wildly different, and I won't take an argument against that. Look, two is fine. He's fine. He's accurate, whatever. If that's what you want to hang your head on, that's fine. That's good. Right? He's going to complete like 68% of his throws. Great. Really, really good. Not Patrick Mahomes. Don't sit here and lie to me. Don't tell me he's Patrick Mahomes or better than. No. That's not true. Uh, miss number two. So I also thought you know the Steelers would make a run at Carson Wentz. Well, they didn't. Um, and I'm and, and so I'm wrong there because they didn't end up doing it, and I think I'm wrong because I, I said they should, but I'm not sure that they should have. You know, the more I think about it, I'm like I, I don't know if they need an erratic guy week to week. I don't know what I'm getting from Wentz. Now is he more talented? Yes, but in a in a I don't want to say rebuild in the middle of a a retooling. I'm not sure that I want somebody who I have no idea what I'm getting Sunday by Sunday. Mitch is steady, not great. But I think he's steady, and I think it's what they need right now. Now, real quick, Mitch. Or Kenny. Or, yeah. But would you take Mitch, or would you take Carson Wentz? Like, if you if it really boils down to it. I would take Mitch. You would take right, Mitch. Right now, and not, not skill-wise. I'm talking Mitch. To be a bridge quarterback to Kenny Pickett, I would take Mitch Trubisky, okay. yes. Yeah. You think he's a little more... bit more of a grown-up in the room. Every time Wentz has a quarterback that gets brought in, he loses his marbles. He is, he is the safer option, I would say. Optics-wise, too. I, I agree. I agree. All right, hit number three. Yeah, the, the NFL is always, we've said this a thousand times, they're smart. They pivot to the correct the correct move. They're not afraid to adjust things, and they do whatever it takes to be successful because yeah. they realize at the end of the day, this is a product, this is a business. This is a basically a glorified TV show mm-hmm. is what it is. It's 100%. a TV product. A that's where reality TV show. That's where most of the revenue comes from, and they get that. Well, we were all asking – we need alternate uniforms, and they need the alternate helmets to come back. Like, come on. Like, that would be so cool, yeah. right? Yeah. And boom, they answered. I mean, every single time. We need we need better uniforms. Boom. Here's Color Rush two or three times a year. Yeah. Right? You know, We need alternate helmets. Boom. Coming, I think it's either this year or next year that they're – I don't think it's this year they're allowed to start wearing alternate helmets, right? Right. They answer the call every time. Like, that's a major reason they're a top league in the world, and probably the top league in the world. Because they're not scared of change. It- I mean, they had this one helmet policy for all the teams where you had to submit by the start of the season what your helmet was going to be, and you have to wear it every week. Um, not quite sure why it was like, a rule. Evidently, it's for safety. They said that, like, you know, if you went to a backup helmet that, uh, you know, first of all, might not be fitted as properly to you. You might not be, you know, almost, like, worn in all right, these as are, properly. These are, these are multi-billion dollar businesses. Let's I mean, let's get this. I mean, I, and I'm more. glad they did. Uh, and that's just... Another piece of evidence that you can throw out there when you're talking about the MLB, when you're talking about these other leagues that are failing, right? You can use the word failing because their ratings are dropping. We can see it on a statistical basis. That is fact. Um, And then you look at the NFL. The NFL is super progressive in making the sport more interesting. Things as small as alternate helmets. Do you know how much buzz that generated on social media? And I, my Instagram was clouded with different uh, teams and their alternate helmet possible combos for like 
half a week. Who did? What? What is the demographic that they just drew? Drew in? They just got. In? They just got all the middle schoolers, high schoolers, and college kids. Bingo. Especially let's focus on especially the middle school and even lower. Guess what? Those kids now want to go get a new jersey, right? Mm-hmm. They. Mm-hmm. The, that, that creates buzz. That creates viewership. Now, because those kids are not only viewers now, you continue to get on their quote-unquote good side. Now you have a viewer for almost life. Yep. Right? The NFL is not stupid. And who who drives the revenue, right? When's the last time you yourself bought a jersey? I don't know, like five remember. years ago, yeah, six years ago? Maybe. And you like middle school a kids. Time. Middle school kids come in every birthday, holiday. It's like it's like a trading Good Friday. Card they come in with they come in with a new jersey. It's like right? trading That's who cards to revenue. Yeah. yeah, so smart of the NFL. A uh, great decision there. Um, but that was hits and misses. Be sure to stay with us. No, we got one more miss. Oh, we do. Oh my yeah, gosh, what am I doing? Now? That was hit number three. Miss number three. Uh, we've been saying Jimmy G. I don't understand what what the issue is. Um, I would sign. I think he's a top fifteen quarterback in the oh, league. Yeah. He's set to make like twenty five million, which isn't cheap, but it's certainly not expensive for a guy who's been to a Super Bowl. Yet he's got no interest. He's got no market. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I think he should be on a team and be a starting quarterback this season. It doesn't make any. Sense. It just doesn't make sense. Now you can take it away. Yeah, there's well. First of all, there's got to be something going on there. If he's not yet signed I, anywhere, I, I talked about that last week. Team. Actually, like, what's the problem? Like, what are we? I said it. I think it tells you two things. They either, with the whole Seattle rumors as well, they either tell you that they don't trust him to stay healthy, um, or they don't trust Trey Lance either. So no, I mean there's there's a lot of question marks going around in San Francisco because of Jimmy G. So that was hits and misses. Got that last one out there. I don't know. Just. Jumping the gun a little bit today. Excited to get to those NFC North predictions, which we got coming up in the second segment, so don't go anywhere. All right, we are back on a loaded, what, Friday now? The week just kind of flies by. Yeah, July 22nd. Nice. I can't even. I can't even believe it. July's almost gone. I feel like I say this every time, but it's true. It's just like... We got one more episode left in July, then we are right. into August, and... You know what's in August? NFL football. NFL football. Preseason, at least, right? When's, yeah. the, when's opening? Uh, that would be the September. weekend of September 11th is that weekend, so it, it would be September 8th is the Thursday night game. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. that really is. It's it's a scorcher of a week. Sorry, weather report. We're kind of getting away from that, which is, I guess, good it's... for a sports podcast, but bad because we will have to give some weather updates. No, the weather it's updates been... are a staple. A brutally hot week, pretty humid, um, like 85, 86 almost every day with some humidity. So yeah. not super enjoyable unless you have a pool, which of course I don't. Um, keep watching, you know, uh, who knows? Maybe like, I'll subscribe. Have, <laughs> maybe someday I'll have enough money to buy a pool. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so without further ado, um, what you came to the second segment for, what you came to this episode for most likely, this is kind of a draw. And uh, one of our favorite things to do uh, favorite, is that, one of the favorite times of the year, right? Outside of actual football season, this is up there, uh, which is our divisional prediction. We did AFC North last week. Go check it out this week, right? No, no, no. We do AFC North next week. Who we do last week? Uh, we did the AFC West last week. This week is the NFC North. Next week is the AFC North. There you go. I don't know. I just have it on my <laughs> screen in front of me. He can do the scheduling. Okay. <laughs> Either way, go check out last week's episode, YouTube, Spotify, all that, yada, yada, yada. Um, NFC North, Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago, let's get into it. Those are the teams, of course. Let's get into it. We always start at the bottom and work our way up. Here we go. 
Okay, number four, Chicago at three and fourteen. I, I said this before. I think they it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't win a game. I think they're that bad. Um, I, I here's the thing: go unit by unit. Oh, oh sorry, record wise, I think. Would I say three and fourteen? Yeah, you said okay. three and fourteen. Unit by unit, where where's their strength? Right, I don't think they have a good offensive line. It's just yeah. it's been pretty bad. Um, the quarterback, I like Justin Fields, but he's young, unproven, and I think he has a chance to like, you know, be one of the three worst quarterbacks in the league this year. Because um, also going off that, he has no skill. People, no. Darnell Mooney is good, but not a true one. Cole Kmet as the tight end is still kind of developing. Not sure he's that dominant tight end yet. The running back's good, not special. Pass rush is average at best. <laughs> Linebackers are overrated and overpaid. Same with their secondary. They're going to start probably two rookies in the secondary. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, rookie head coach. Yeah, they um, they really don't have anything they excel at right now. Like you said, the rookie head coach, that's a big thing too. I mean, you have question marks at almost every single unit on your team uh, and, and in your franchise even. So I don't see the upside with Chicago. I see them scrapping to three and fourteen too. I mean, we went through. We said there were five there were, possible wins. There were five possible wins. I, we predicted they'd win three of them. Yes. Was it Jets, Giants, Commanders? I think Falcons and um, I forget who the other one was, but they were. Yeah, I can't. Off it, the top of my head, I can't remember. Of the, it, four, the, Texans, can, the Texans. The Texans. The Texans. And we have them losing, or they, we have them beating the Texans. Um, but we have them losing to the, like the Falcons. Probably, uh, I think they probably either. I think they lose to the Giants. Yeah, I, I, we went through unit by unit, and New York is better in every single one except. And I don't think New York's a good football team. No. No. I think, they, I think I think um, Justin Fields has a higher ceiling yeah. than Daniel Jones, and that's it. Right. I think Chicago is a slightly better quarterback. That's about it. And right. by slightly, I mean by maybe one touchdown it and one really, pick. It really is ugly in Chicago. Right. All right, Detroit at three, at seven, and ten, coming in third in the division. Um, so it, we said last year that the Lions were the most entertaining and probably the best really bad team last year. Right? Yeah. They went three, 13, and one. Um, but they were a very scrappy three, 13, and one. They were what? A 50-something, 60-something yard field goal from Justin Tucker that hit mm-hmm. the crossbar and bounced over away, like the, the the record for longest kick. Yeah, They were that kick away from going, you know, 4-13-1, right? Obviously still not impressive, but beating a Ravens team that is significantly better than them. Oh, that's, that's big for the Lions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they hung tough against Green Bay. They hung tough against Minnesota, right? They were, they were a pretty good football team. Now, for the Lions, okay? So for the Lions, I think 7-10 and 10 is reasonable, and I think that that is probably one of our, you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, kind of a big take this segment. Yes. I think our big take, there's kind of two here, this is one of them. I think our big take is that Detroit is going to be the most improved football team, and that they are going to, you're going to look up in week like 12 or 13, and they're going to be in the mix. They're going to be, you know, 6-8, and eight, you know, 6-7, you know, and seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. And you're like... Oh, I mean, if they go on a little streak here, they could actually, you know, maybe secure a wild card spot. I don't think they will, but the NFC is not that good. You know no, what I mean? Like it, you could not, get in at nine and eight. Yeah, you can. It's not that strong of a conference when, as compared to the AFC, of course. Right. Um, but no, the Lions—they killed it on their draft. They—they've done really well this off season. Uh, They—they've improved in a lot of the units, and they were starting to play collectively pretty good football towards the end of the season. It took them a little bit to get rolling but once they got rolling you know and I, I don't think Jared Goff's a bad quarterback either no. he's been to a Super Bowl um 
he has experience. He can win big games. So we know that it's not a total miss with quarterback. Now, he is more of a bridge guy. He's not the guy you'd want to build a franchise yep. around. But, yep. I mean, if you're Detroit, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a guy to get you started. You need a little bit of a spark and then a couple good drafts, a couple good off seasons. If you can string those together, I'd say the outlook almost, is pretty positive. Almost like a Tyrod Taylor pre-Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, how about second in the division? Well, let's go with Green Bay. Um, I, I think 10-7 and seven feels right for me. Here's the thing. You lose Devontae Adams. You lost two two key pieces on your offensive line. Your, your top target's Alan Lazard. Mm. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is more of a deep threat than an overall well-rounded wide receiver. Right? I think they have a really good quarterback. They have a solid offensive line, not great anymore, and a good secondary with Jair Alexander. But you have no weapons, and your pass rush is straight-up bad. It's not great. Um, Rashawn Gary's your best pass rusher. He's kind of overrated in my eyes. So, you know... I, I think they take a step back. I'm not sure Aaron's fully invested. You keep talking about retirement. Are you sure you're all there? Yeah, do you really want to come back? You, and you, you go, go into work and, and tell everyone there that you're thinking about quitting. And, I mean, and, come on. And let's not forget. You're on. You're half out the door. Well, you're half out the door. Well, and playing quarterback in the NFL is something. Is not something that you can just, you know, give half effort towards or, or just kind of, you know. It, you have to be fully committed to be an NFL quarterback between yeah. the film study, between just knowing your own playbook, preparing for every game, and getting your butt handed to you. Yep. In every single game, you're in the NFL. You are competing with the best of the best athletes. You have to make sure you yourself are in fit shape to do that. And he has zero off-season regimen. It's almost like getting to the point of Big Ben, right? And, and we saw close. the decline of his career. Yeah. Could we see the same path with Aaron because of that? I think Aaron's a little more skilled of a thrower, so he'll age and has aged a little bit better. But I don't think it's a terrible comparison. Yeah. yeah. All right, and coming at number one, you guys, you know, could have guessed it by now. Process of elimination, the Minnesota Vikings. This is kind of another bold prediction that they're going to be one of the most improved teams in football. They're going to win the division. Here's the thing. People are saying that Green Bay would be better. Go, uh, uh, by the way, Minnesota at 11-6. and six. Go unit by unit. So quarterback, obviously Green Bay has it. I would say backfield, at least the number one back, I'm taking Minnesota. I think Dalvin Cook's better than Aaron Jones. Oh, 100%. When he's fully healthy, 100%. Offensive line, I think they're about equal. Yeah. They're about equal. And I think Minnesota is on the rise. Maybe not quite the level of, but they're on the rise. Weapons, 100% Minnesota. I don't even think it's close. Um, pass rush, Minnesota. Linebackers, Minnesota. Yeah. Sa- uh, safeties, Minnesota. I was going to say DB, secondary. DBs are probably about a tie. But with the if you're factoring in safeties into your DBs and your secondary. I would say it's about equal. Yeah. Maybe Minnesota. I would say slightly leans toward Minnesota there, but that's the closest, one of the closest comparisons. One of the only things is is head coach that I worry about a little bit with Minnesota, but I think the addition of, a, of an offensive head coach with Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk, you're going to see Kirk go for – 30 touchdowns, you know, maybe eight or nine picks, and he's gonna he's probably gonna have the best season of his career. Yeah, I mean he's gonna have a QBR. He always has a QBR somewhere in the, you know, 90, 91 ish range. I think you're gonna see a QBR somewhere around ninety-six. It's gonna he's gonna be a top five statistical quarterback yeah. this year. I don't think it's crazy. No, it'll be interesting to see what uh Kevin O'Connell can do with him. But uh let's start to move in here. That was the divisional prediction. So we have just to recap the Vikings at the top of the division, eleven and six. Bold the, prediction. Yep, bold prediction. The Packers at ten. 10 and 7 in second. In third, the Lions at 7 and 10, also another bold prediction. The Lions kind of breaking out a little bit this year. And then uh, in the basement, the Bears at 3 and 14. And may I add a hard fought 
three and fourteen for Chicago. Isn't it kind of sad that seven and ten's a breakout for Detroit? It is. It is sad. But I mean, seven and ten. Got to start somewhere. Like, you have to start moving in the right direction. I think this is their year if they are going to uh, start putting those pieces in line. But let's start with our uh, superlatives now. So let's get into our MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Breakout Player, and Coach for the NFC North. All right, so let's get started. Okay, MVP. It kind of pains me to say it because I don't think he's a a super winning player. Now he does a lot in the regular season, but uh, postseason we've seen kind of like a – so now that we talk a little bit NBA, right? Kind of like a James Harden where solid during the regular season, a stat beast – and then doesn't quite transfer to the playoffs. Yeah, falls off a little bit. MVP Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you do have to put him MVP as well because he's definitely going to be the most valuable player. You take him off that roster, that's a f- five-win team maybe? Maybe. I mean, I mean he, maybe. He's the only reason. No top receiver. No top receiver. Line is okay. Defense is decent. I mean, now the, the culture itself is good, right? So they could yeah. probably get to you know six, seven wins, maybe. Mm. But that roster has the skill level of a five-win team. Yeah, but you I take mean, Aaron off it. That's a bad team. That's and, a bad football team. And culture only gets you so far. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is pulling most of the weight. Uh, it, it's not arguable. I think. And at the end of the day, he's going to have probably the best stats in that division. And, and I still think he is top three most talented quarterbacks in the league yeah. overall. Yeah. So, I mean, MVP isn't that surprising that he lands there. But I, I do agree. I don't think he does enough in the postseason to really, really set himself apart. Right. But from this division, there's not a whole lot of quarterback talent. So sure. he'll be MVP. Um, offensive player of the year. You, I, you probably got to go Justin Jefferson here. I think at this point, he's the best offensive player not named Aaron Rodgers in the league. Yeah. Or, or in this division, I'm sorry. Uh, and I think Dalvin Cook would be a close second. But... At the end of the day, I don't think I don't think there's anyone from the Lions. There's definitely not anyone from the Bears, and so you got to look at you know the Packers and the Vikings. And so you're between you know Dalvin Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, and Aaron Jones maybe. And I think yeah. clearly Justin Jefferson's the best player of those guys. Crisp route runner, good hands, got a little bit of swag to him. Huh? You can yeah. market Justin Jefferson. I like him a lot. He's a clear cut number one. There's a lot of number yes. ones in this division. Yes. Like you got a Lazard in Green Bay, who I don't yeah. think is a really clear cut number one. Not I even don't a clear think cut two. I no, think. he's a borderline bad two, three he's receiver. Probably, um, a, probably an average three. I mean, you look through this division. I'd say Justin Jefferson is the only true number one. Uh, he, he's very talented, and, and his speed after the catch is what blows me away. How he's able to not just separate off of the line of scrimmage, but then once he catches the ball, he is gone. Yeah. Uh, Justin, Justin Jefferson at Offensive Player. All right, let's go with Defensive Player of the Year. I think Jair, Jair Alexander slots in here. So you got to look at defensive. you got to look at value, right? So where yeah. are you getting your value? Where, where are the top positions on defense, right? Edge rusher. And corners, yeah. period. Those those are the two positions that you need. And so when you can be a lockdown corner like Jair Alexander is, when he's healthy, he's a top three corner. I don't think it's a debate. I think it's him, Ramsey, and you know pick your third. But I think he's certainly in the top three DBs in the league, maybe J.C. Jackson right now. Mm. You know, yeah. um, But he is locked down. I mean, he's locked down. And so without Devontae Adams, they're going to have to win some closer football games if they want a shot. True. And you got to shut people down, especially like in a, in a division with Justin Jefferson, right? That's going to be a matchup to watch. A, a really skilled uh, a DB for them, and he's kind of the the chandelier in an empty warehouse for that yeah. defense right now. So I'd go Jair Alexander, de, uh, Defense Player of the Year. I think this is going to be a big year for him, too. I'm going to make that prediction because 
of what we just said. There aren't many true cut number one receivers. He's going to be on receivers that he is way more comfortable covering for, right. I mean, what, two games from each team. So six games out of the Out, 17 for the season. Outside of the two against Minnesota, though. Right. That's, because no, that, that's no, one, no one likes to draw Justin Jefferson. And even if you go to the second guy, Adam Thielen. Yeah. I mean, right. that's the only team that's going to get you. But in this division, I, I could see him having some really good divisional play. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. All right. Breakout of the year candidate. Let's go with DeAndre Swift. Now, normally a breakout guy is like a second-year guy who shows some flashes year one, breaks out in year two. Yeah. Um, but... DeAndre Swift's kind of been hovering, you know, at about really, really average, 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 average. Um, I think he's going to kind of break out. I think the offensive line is getting significantly better in Detroit. He's going to have some running lanes. Uh, and I think he's going to take the bulk of the snaps this year as opposed to he's kind of been in a platoon. Um, I think outside of maybe third down, he's going to get all the touches, mm-hmm. uh, especially out of the backfield as well. I think you could look up and Swift could have 11, 12 touchdowns, you know, close to 1,000 yards um, rushing and then another – 400 receiving, right? You could look up, you could have 1,400 total yards and, yeah. and 11 or 12 touchdowns, which is a very, very serviceable top 10 quality back. And right now he's about top 20, not top 10. So I could see him breaking out and getting up into that top 10. Absolutely. Uh, he's. We've seen his skill for how many years now? I mean, he played against, he, he played for. Played against Pine in what, the 2014. 2014 or 2015, one of those two. One of those, one of those two no, years. But in 2014, 2014 in the state championship game. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Well, there you go for your local guys. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, coach of the year. Look, I think if, you, if you're going to put, you know, if you, if you feel like we do and you think that Minnesota is going to take a step up and be the best team in the division, how can you not put the rookie head coach that's going to lead them there? And what he's going to be able to do with Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, by the way, is his name, um, former, I think, either, I think offensive coordinator from L.A. From right? L.A., yeah. yeah. From the Rams, um, L.A. <laughs> you know, how can you not – I. He's going to make Kirk Cousins a top 10 statistical quarterback, which he normally is. But I think Kirk Cousins is going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. Yeah. And they're going to win this division over Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. This How is, do you not put him as the coach of the year there? I mean, this is a guy, let's not forget, from the Sean McVay umbrella. That holds been a lot of weight. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see him as a head coach. I think he's going to do really well. I mean, the league is moving in his direction. The The trends are favoring him, right? The league yeah. is moving towards offensive head coaches. These defensive guys like a Bill Belichick. Like a Mike Zimmer who got fired right in front of him. Exactly. So the seats are getting a little toasty for those defensive head coaches. Now you get this breath of clean air in Minnesota where you can finally – Let's go score some points. Look, yeah. look at the talent you have and play to their strengths. Uh, so I think Kevin O'Connell, coach of the year, leading uh, as a rookie head coach, a team to the top of the division, up the top of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for the first time in how many years probably? So I don't remember the last time Minnesota's won, but uh, uh, it's been probably like maybe, maybe at best twice in the last probably 15 years. That so, lands yeah. you coach of the year for the division. I mean, if you can do that. So. Those are the superlatives for the NFC North. Guys, don't go anywhere because in the third segment, we're going to have our top 25 quarterbacks of the last 50 years, the final installment of that. Um, but just to run back through the superlatives real quick, we got MVP Aaron Rodgers, Offensive Player of the Year Justin Jefferson, Defensive Player of the Year Jair Alexander, Breakout Player DeAndre Swift, and Coach of the Year Kevin O'Connell of the Minnesota Vikings. So, guys, like I said, don't go anywhere. Big third segment coming up next.
what's up we are back it is the third segment on friday july 22nd and we have our last installment of the top 25 quarterbacks list of the last 50 years this time number five through number one um you know it's i think this is the most fitting release i mean these are really the best five quarterbacks that we have seen in the super bowl era um it's, it's I, I certainly think, close. I think 50 years is a good time frame, too, because for the most part, outside of Johnny Unitas, everybody was from the Super Bowl era. Right. Um, but these five... Fran, Fran Targetson was on the border, but yeah. These five are just different. Uh, so we have a really, really good third segment to get to you guys today, and uh, that will be all we have in this segment yep. and you guys will be on about your way uh waiting for next week where we have our next obviously installment of divisional predictions with the afc north but for now we have this list numbers five through number one so let's get started on that let's go all right okay so let's start with number five here like we said well you know we're counting down from 25 so uh, number five here dan marino He's a one-time MVP. He's a one-time Offensive Player of the Year. He was also a runner-up in the Super Bowl. Right? Didn't didn't win it, but was a runner-up. Never got back. Um, a lot of people use that um, like as as evidence, right? That, for example, Jared Goff got the Super Bowl and he was young, didn't get back, right? So uh, Dan's kind of the measuring stick there. Unfortunately, he's a three-time first-team All-Pro. He's a three-time second-team All-Pro. He's seventh all-time in touchdowns, seventh all-time in yards. He's a five-time passing yard leader. He's a three-time touchdown leader right, per season. Right, five seasons, three seasons for touchdowns. Um, D- Dan's an all-time talent. And I think that's, that's kind of why he's on this list, and he's especially this high. First of all, I think he's one of the prettiest throwers of football in NFL history. I don't think they can be overlooked. Yeah. I think the eye test is important, and he's one of the best pure passers that we've ever seen. The release, the accuracy, the, the strength of his throws – um, kind of similar to an Aaron Rodgers, right, where he's super talented, doesn't quite win as much as we think he could have. Well, he doesn't win those big, important games, yeah. Right, and so, but I will say the best two playoff runs he had, he had an, he had an average pass rating of 108. So really, okay. you know, he, he put it you know, he put it out there when it mattered, right? Was slightly worse in the playoffs than he was in the, in the regular season. But the talent, like I said, is just huge. He's got a top five Undeniable. talent of all of all time, and he's got a top five regular season resume of all time. Yeah. So I think that kind of lands him here right at the edge of this top five. Now, you know, maybe he's too high given the, the whole no Super Bowls, but, you know, it's our show. You know, if you don't like it, just go make your own podcast and you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a number five quarterback in our eyes. I mean... I, how about them apples? With, with the talent that he displayed, it's hard for him not to be um, this high on the list. I mean, yeah, the, the no Super Bowls thing. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has won. Like, okay. Could you could you imagine being... He's been a two. Could you imagine being so far and above more talented than other professional quarterbacks? And because not, Dan Marino was. At his time, he was so far and away more talented than any other quarterback. And had no championships for it. It's unfortunate. I mean, it is the Dolphins, after all, and we see how dysfunctional they have been. So Their organization's been dysfunctional since him. So, Right. Our right, number four, Peyton Manning. Um, so he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a one-time Super Bowl MVP. He's a five-time league MVP. Crazy. Two-time Offensive Player of the Year. He's a seven-time first-team All-Pro. He's a three-time second-team All-Pro. 14-time Pro Bowler. He led the league in yards three times. Led the league in touchdowns four. He's third all-time in yards, and he's third all-time in touchdowns. 
So Peyton to me, impressive. Oh, oh, also he's number one all time. Now he might get passed by Brady. He's at 43. Brady's at 42. Fourth quarter comebacks of all time. So kind of cranked it up when it mattered. Now his overall postseason stats weren't quite as good, but in the fourth quarter when it mattered most, he was there. And you can't argue with the resume. Five-time MVP. That's the most in history. That's. <laughs> He's a Super Bowl champ. He's got the Super Bowl MVP checked off. Yeah, he's one of like I don't know. I think there's like seven quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls. I mean, we could probably go back through and look because they're all, most likely all on this list. Um, he's one of I, I know it's not more than ten guys that have won multiple Super Bowls, and he's one of those guys. Uh, and, and he was able to piece together enough in the playoffs. Now, you know, he's an all-timer due to what he's done to change the game as well. Yeah, I think the major reason that that the quarterback position is so cerebral nowadays is because of him, him and Brady a little bit, but I think mostly him. And he was the first quarterback to really make the position less about throwing the football and more about what you're doing pre-snap to put yourself in a good position, (laughs) right? Everyone remembers him screaming Omaha, right? All that. I remember playing like Madden 11 when he was on on the Colts and you hated playing against him because they took forever to snap the ball, right? Because he's making all those adjustments. Yeah. Um, No, but he was also just such a loved quarterback too. I feel like he was one of the, one of the few guys in the league where it doesn't matter what team is your team. You always kind of had like a little bit of liking for Peyton Manning. Like you know, it, when Peyton was playing, and if it wasn't against your team, you always kind of rooted for him a little right. bit. Um, right. Just a great guy on and off the field, and incredibly funny with that golf outing that they did. He's uh, fantastic. He is so funny. He's fantastic. All right, number three, John Elway, two-time Super Bowl champion, three-time actually runner-up. So got the five Super Bowls in his career. He's a one-time Super Bowl MVP, a one-time league MVP. He's a three-time second-team All-Pro. Criminal, he never won a first-team All-Pro. Wow. Just saying it. Yeah. And an Offensive Player of the Year. Should have probably won a couple of those um, each. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. He's 13th all-time in touchdowns, 11th all-time in yards. Now, some of those might seem a little low for him to be at three. Here's why John is this high. He's one of the only quarterbacks that you can look at and say, wow. He damn near single-handedly turned around a not-good franchise, a bad franchise. Mm -hmm. Prior to his arrival in 1983, they, as a franchise, had had 23 years previous. They made the playoffs three times. They only had a winning record in seven of those 23 seasons. And they were god-awful. That's really bad. In his first 10 seasons, he had a a winning record his entire career. And in his first 10 seasons, he had a winning record especially as well. In six of his first 10, he made the playoffs— and was making the Super Bowl by year three. right? So what he was able to do to turn that franchise around is why he's so high on this list. He, for some of you younger viewers, imagine Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck didn't retire, right? That talent with that little to work with, especially in the early years of his career. Yeah. And the way he was able to turn it around and become a Super Bowl champion twice is just fantastic. Again, one of yeah. maybe like, what, 10 or 11 guys to win multiple Super Bowls. He's got the Super Bowl MVP. He's got the league MVP. He checks all the boxes going down. And then he's got the write-in portion where he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, he turned a bad franchise into a good one. Yeah, and he was the obvious catalyst of that, too, because oh, yeah. they're bad, they're bad. He gets drafted, he goes in there, and bam, the they're next good. season they are competing, and they are above 500 and winning football games and winning football seasons. My number two, Joe, big game, Joe Montana. He's a four-time Super Bowl champion. He's a three-time Super Bowl MVP. He's a two-time league MVP. 
He's a one-time Offensive Player of the Year, three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. He's an eight-time Pro Bowl. He's 21st in yards, 19 in touchdowns. Not super important. Joe was the ultimate big-game quarterback, naming himself Big Name Joe. I don't know if he named himself, but he earned himself that name, Big Game Joe. Right, his rating for his career was like a 92 or something. His playoff rating was a 96, right? Increasing when it mattered most. And then he goes on easily the greatest playoff run in NFL history. And I'm about to lay it out for you. Divisional game against the Vikings. Montana goes 17 for 24, 241 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, a pass rating of 142.5. They win four, or uh, they, I'm sorry, they win 41 to 13. Conference Finals. Big Game Joe goes 26 for 30. 262 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. 125 pass rating. They win 30 to 3. Amazing. Super Bowl. 22 for 29. 297 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. 148 pass rating. They win in the Super Bowl 55 to 10. Blowout, blowout, blowout. For the playoffs, he went 11 touchdowns, no picks, 142 rating. They won each game by four-plus scores. I mean, that's just unheard of. That is the best run in NFL history for a quarterback. Joe Montana at number two and at number one. I th- This is going to be a quick one because there's not much to say here. <laughs> I'll read you the resume, and there's not much else to say. Seven times, oh, Tom Brady, by the way. Yeah, Tom yeah. Brady. Seven times Super Bowl champion, five time Super Bowl MVP, three time league MVP, two time Offensive Player of the Year, three time first team All Pro, three time second team All Pro. He's a 15 time Pro Bowler. He's got the most wins, touchdowns, yards, attempts, and completions in NFL history. I, I, I don't know what else to say. He is the most winning quarterback. He is the most dedicated quarterback. He's second all-time in fourth-quarter comeback wins with 42. He'll probably surpass that this year. The resume speaks for itself. It really does. It speaks for itself. So to go over 5-1, through we have Dan Marino at 5, Peyton Manning at 4, John Elway at 3, Joe Montana at 2, and finally Tom Brady as the best quarterback of the last 50 years in the NFL. That rounds out the list. And I don't think that was much of a debate. No, it was not. Um, but it feels good to get that list out. N- numbers one through five, fantastic uh, to go through those this week. So, guys, that is all we have for you. Next week, be uh, sure to catch us. Um, we are doing our AFC North Divisional Predictions and Superlatives. So we'll be looking out for that on Friday. AFC North, you said? AFC right? North. Ooh, Steelers. Come so on, local got the, people. Got to tune in. Let's go. Yeah, we got the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Bengals, all of that next week. Full predictions, full superlatives, all that stuff. So make sure you go subscribe. Turn on that notifications button so you know when we post. Uh, guys, keep listening, and thanks for listening. And that was the issue.